1: This. this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Zantagata. We are back. It's always game day in Cincinnati. A lot to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock, Joe Burrow, Samaje J.P. Ryan, Joe Mixon. We got to stick with the offensive line right now. It's very refreshing to watch Joe Burrow have Time. And he is producing and we saw it last year what he was able to do without a great offensive line and just credit to these, this O-line right now. Let's start with Jonah Williams. How did he look out there on Sunday?
0: Good. Again, it's another good game from Jonah Williams. He didn't have the highest quality of competition, but he took advantage of it and didn't allow very much pressure. Uh, I think PFF chart with no pressures. I think there was one play where Chris Jones lined up over him and he got a little bit of help. He got beat, but had help. Uh, overall, though, really good performance. One play out of, what, 30 pass attempts, 31 pass attempts. You uh, had the holding call, and he did hold on that. So I guess you could take that away from him as well. Uh, the getting downfield too quick, sure. But overall, I thought even considering all of that, he played well. He did a good job of locking down the left side.
1: All right. We're going to stay with tackles right now. Our guy, Lyle Collins, everybody knows he was playing through injury pretty much most of the season. He has a light practice workload through most of the week. It's that day off on Wednesday. How is he starting to look out there?
0: Yeah, I still think he looks like a starting quality right tackle, but I don't think he looks like the guy from Dallas. And I still know if we'll ever get that, and that's okay because – They are getting solid performances across the board. So he's allowed to not play as well as we thought he might have been able to. It's kind of disappointing because I really wanted to see that Lowell Collins. But it is what it is, and he's not playing at a terrible level right now. I think he's playing okay.
1: Cordell Bolson, get some rookie love out there. This guard, he's definitely had to go up against some of the best in the NFL over the last few weeks. How is he looking so far?
0: He played well on sunday not perfect not fantastic but he played well against a tough opponent uh he would hold his own when asked to man up pretty much everybody that wasn't chris jones when he was against chris jones up and down he got you know he got summed a little bit but he also won some of those matchups and for the most part the Bengals didn't want chris jones to be in very, very many true one-on-one situations so he didn't have to do it that often uh but against everybody else he, he held his own and was a pretty decent run blocker, too. There's just little things here and there that need cleaned up. But overall, I like what I have seen out of Cordell Volson, especially lately. It seems like he is improving a lot.
1: I'm not trying to combine the two together, but since they were free agents that came into Cincinnati, Ted Karras, a a big fan favorite. It's funny because I said it on the podcast on Sunday. He had the third loudest chance at the stadium. People love some Teddy K out there and Alex Kappa. How are they starting to look on the offensive line as they continue to gel?
0: Yeah, they're playing good. I think they are the two best members on the offensive line so far this season. And it's cool. I, I think if you ask me to pick which one is performing better, I guess I'd say Alex Kappa just because I think he gets more difficult assignments at times, but they're both playing well. And they're both a good, they make up a good duo right there, both in pass production and in the run game. I think uh, Karis and Kappa have been consistently good. Karras probably slightly more consistent, but Kappa with, you know, a little bit higher highs than Karis has
1: hit we're flipping to the defensive side obviously we talked about it plenty on Sunday's podcast but when you go back to watch the tape Cam Taylor Britt is definitely stepping up right now when you're without one of your best defensive players in Cheeto but shout out to Cheeto because he's on the sideline he has his crutches. I know they have a chair for him in a safe area because he's already had a surgery in California. But for this guy to be out there, I just think an all-time leader defensively, even though he is recovering from surgery. But you, you look at the cornerback room and Cam Taylor Brett, To be completely honest with you, I didn't think Cam Taylor Britt was going to be a factor in his rookie year. Probably talked about that early on, and you heard it from Lou and Arumo. But for him to just be able to step up, and he's in those plays. There's so many times that when there is that that touchdown that ends up counting for Kansas City or even the Titans, he's batting it away. He's trying to get the ball out. And I think this guy is just really fun to watch in his rookie year right now. What stands out from, from Cam Taylor?
0: Uh, what stands out is his willingness to – attack his willingness to tackle um it sucks he didn't bring down Juju Smith-Schuster but that's been an area that he's been good at I just think the offense gets paid too Juju got paid because he's strong and can pick up that extra yard or two it's going to happen but his willingness his tenacity his physical play that all stands out for me with Cam Taylor Britt and I think yeah it's such a good rep. He almost came up with that interception, but Jesse Bates hits him at the same time going for the interception. That was a really good play from him. And that was something where we weren't sure we could see. So to see Ken Taylor have that performance. Awesome. I thought that they played okay. It was up and down a little bit, but overall I'll take that when you're talking about a rookie uh, late second round pick against probably the best or one of the best Offenses on paper in the league.
1: I think a lot of us felt after the Cleveland Browns game that it felt like not only a loss, but it almost felt like two losses when you lose Cheeto, as I mentioned before, still a guy a leader in the meetings room. And I think that's really telling defensively. Obviously, Cam Taylor-Britt is not Cheeto, and there's no comparison, and I will not compare them because I still miss Cheeto out there, and I always feel comfortable. Actually, going into this game against Kansas City, I thought, if Cheeto's out there, I feel so confident in this game plan because I like how the offense is playing, and I trust Lou to stop Patrick Mahomes. But it's almost like they, they won't skip a beat when you have Lou on the other side. Do you feel okay going forward knowing it's cam taylor Britt, and eli apple out there in your secondary
0: i feel okay i I thought eli apple played really well in this game i think overall i just still feel okay about it and i'm not sure they're gonna get a big test i mean amari cooper is a test for the browns but who knows how the passing game is going to look mike evans is a test on the outside for the bucks but again who knows how the passing game is going to look the one test that's coming up that I think is the one I am most nervous for, but also I think will be the biggest tell is the bills. And what do they do with Stefan Diggs? What's the plan? And you know, when they do have to trust their guys in man coverage against Stefan Diggs, can they hold up or is it a big liability or they not even do that? Do they, no matter the situation, do they always give help on Stefan Diggs? Who knows? I want to see um, – that is the one I'm most interested in is the bills with Stefan Diggs and how these guys are going to hold up against him.
1: Last week, I asked you who would you rather get the win over Kansas city or the Buffalo bills. And one of the topic of conversation is the playoffs right now. I think a lot of Kansas city chiefs fans and look, the Bengals aren't in the playoffs yet. There's still a lot of games to be played. So to be determined, I think their chances are in the 90%. Uh, They are the fifth seed right now. and, And they're still up for winning the division. And even in the race to get the number one seed but if you were to look in the future and you're the cincinnati Bengals, who would you rather play the buffalo bills or the kansas city chiefs and it's going to be hard no matter what but if you had to choose
0: uh the chiefs of a it they have the history with them at this point three in a row and then b i think they match up better because you don't need with elouzier's injury uh because you need a guy that might be able to handle Stefan Diggs or at least that's a matchup they can exploit when it does happen. But the chiefs, you don't really have that as much. You're not getting that exploited matchup with uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, even if he had an okay game, you're not getting it with Juju Smith-Schuster, even though he had an okay game and you're not getting it with Sky Moore, whoever, it doesn't matter who they are. I think this team matches up better with a great tight end, like Travis Kelsey, than they might with a great wide receiver, like Stefan Diggs. So that's the one thing that drives me towards the Kansas City matchup. Also, I would prefer to play in Kansas City versus in Buffalo because there could be like two feet of snow.
1: Oh, no. Snow football would be the best. But I agree with that. Yeah, don't. but for
0: a playoff game, I mean, to have I mean, everything that could come either. down to like a slip or an odd an oddity is something that I don't want to see from uh, a, a, like the AFC Championship.
1: No, I agree with you. I think it's definitely Kansas City. The only thing I'm a little concerned about, it's probably really difficult to beat a team four times.
0: (laughs) I said that about three. I don't know. Maybe at this point, this is just it.
1: And, and the thing is, it's funny because I was reading some of the national narratives or the recaps during the game after the game was over. And a lot of people said, oh, this game feels flipped. It feels like Cincinnati is Kansas City from last year and Kansas City is Cincinnati from last year. But, you know, obviously the outcome was still the same. Um, you know what you have. And when you have Lou on the other side, I mean, yeah, it, it's wild to think we are here in 2022 to say, yeah, I'd rather play an arrowhead. I'd rather play an arrowhead in the playoffs, but that's to the point of the season that we're currently at right now.
0: Yeah, this is where we are, where you guess you'd rather play Kansas City than Buffalo. And I do think the one thing I'm not really talking much about, there's two, is I know Lou has had his number, but Patrick Mahomes is the better, probably still for my money, sorry, uh, Burrow, top three. I think Mahomes is still the best quarterback, and Andy Reid is still my choice for best coach so eventually that might have to give but the Bengals just match up and they do a great job of exploiting their matchups and winning these games it's hard to say you wouldn't rather play against the chiefs uh i want to see them beat buffalo too and just you know defeat all of their main competition the afc buffalo kansas city tennessee and miami but I don't know. I I do think that this team just matches up better with Kansas City. And it's interesting because I think if you would ask that question without any knowledge of the history of these teams, you would probably go with Buffalo. But I don't think I would.
1: You know what? At the same time, it's fun to always talk about that stuff when you think of the playoffs in junior, what that's going to look like. The playoffs are hard, so you're going to have to play a hard opponent no matter what. If it's at home or it's on the road, more than likely it's going to be on the road. But, hey, there's a lot of football left to play, and Cincinnati's playing like one of the best teams in the NFL. I know we've talked about him plenty of times before, and I think Cincinnati has a decision to make this offseason when it comes to Jermaine Pratt. But if you go back to that highlight – And just the funny part is the mic'd up of him saying, you know, talking on the sideline with Logan Wilson. And it was like, Oh, we need a turnover right now. And for him to go back out there and just steal the ball from Travis Kelsey, when you went back to watch the tape, just what impresses you the most about Jermaine Pratt this season?
0: I think, I think there were a ton of flashes and um, even to some degree consistency last year, but, he has leveled up the areas that I thought were slight weaknesses and now he doesn't really have any weaknesses to my eye as, as a linebacker, at least nothing glaring. And, uh, to go with that, he still is a strength in a few areas tackling forcing turnovers like he did against Travis Kelsey, you know, ripping that ball out. He did that against Dalvin cook. Uh, Let's not forget that one too in week one of last season. And, uh, does a good job matching and playing man coverage. And now he's doing a pretty good job with his zones, his eyes on zones and, you know, true spot drop, feel them out zones rather than just matching and running with guys. So he's developed into smart, uh, effective linebacker, does a great job fitting the run. I think a better job this year than he did last year. He's a good blitzer. can play on the edge. He's versatile. Just overall, he's, he's a really strong piece of this team. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. And uh it'll be interesting coming contract time do they get him under a deal? What's the deal like? In my mind, it's it's not going to be something that breaks the bank, but it's also, you know, it's starting level linebacker money and I think he plays upper he plays higher than just a starting level. I think he's uh, uh good above average if not better than that. Uh, starting linebacker in this league
1: no I agree with you and I think one of the things we we always talk about big money contracts because it is the T Higgins conversation it's the Jamar Chase conversation it's the future of Joe Burrow can they pay these guys yes I truly believe they're gonna pay their quarterback and and it maybe it's two receivers maybe it's one but at the moment again this team has a really great problem because their drafts are going well and in free agency but right now it's winning football they're eight and four Big AFC North game coming up on Sunday and would be another huge win for this team because you look around the the AFC North and the Steelers-Ravens game, I wouldn't say that's a for sure W for the Baltimore Ravens right now. And this would be huge for Cincinnati to get one game up on the Baltimore Ravens if they were to beat the Browns on Sunday. But I know you're busy. You got plenty of work on all Bengals right now, and everybody should follow you on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. Good breakdowns from every game and just a just a great commentary. So make sure you're following them. But what's up on all Bengals right now?
0: Got to be writing about the offensive line, going back to the roots. So it'll be an offensive line breakdown by the time you're listening to this.
1: We need to get Duke Mamie Weather back on the pod. I did message him and say, hey, It's been some time. It was after week one. We need to talk more offensive line. And I know everybody wants to hear about uh, who's protecting Joe Burrow. How's it going? And and the chemistry, we're really starting to see. Credit to Frank Pollack in the O-line right now. So we'll be back later this week. I can't wait to break down the Bengals and the Browns, I think. (laughs) Make sure you're always uh, following along on Twitter at LNGS Patterson, Bengals underscore Sands. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.